first printout. It, it, it's, not the, it's not the real copy. It's a chopped up copy. But I have to experiment with my machines. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I want to read a couple of scripture verses. <clears throat> you know, I'm very, I very much pay attention to the prophetic words because we have this building because of what God said Amen. through the prophets. And uh, the Lord gave me this verse this morning in Isaiah 57, verse 15. For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the ones who is contrite and lowly in spirit <clears throat> to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. God is always interested in progressing our lives to a higher level of understanding and experience. Um, and we had some scripture verses. I'm going to read these now. I was going to read them at the end, but I'm going to read them now. We're spoken over this church several years ago. <clears throat> One of them is Isaiah 29, 14. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people. Even even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of the prudent man shall be hid. The marvelous work of God kind of dissipates our understanding and dissipates other things and what he says becomes predominant. Another one is, for this is what the high and lofty one says, I read you that one already, behold, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now I will spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Yeah. We had a prophetic conference back on, on Salton Road, and these verses were given to us by the prophet. And so I want to emphasize them this morning. Because what God says prophetically will come to pass. It will come to pass. And so we anticipate that in our hearts and we can sense it in our spirit that God is at work at doing something. Amen. I want to share with you this morning a little bit about um, how God works within us to motivate us to do what he wants to do. Um, in Ephesians chapter 1, Pastor David has been preaching on this, and in verse 17, that the God, you know, everything must start with God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of 
of glory. That's his introduction to what he's going to tell us. He, 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 he brings in the whole Godhead into the situation. The God of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the full name of God. It's everything that represents him. And then he says, the Father of glory. There's one thing I've learned in doing research. Every word that God puts in scripture is important. And so he starts this, that, God. Who is he? The Lord Jesus Christ. Then it moves to the Father of glory. The Father of glory. I have my Father. You have your Father. But the the Father is the Father of glory. He's the Father of proper opinions, but He's also the Father of the light that shines with angels. And God wants to take us into a heavenly dimension of where He is. Like Isaiah says, I'm, I'm high and lofty and I'm lifted up. And he wants to bring us to that. And that's one of the purposes of revival. Is to bring God down to earth in real reality. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so he's praying for this Ephesian church. And I, I looked at this and I'm thinking, that was probably about 50 years or 40 years after that church was birthed. You know what? It's the same number of years right now for this church. And this is what he says. The high and lofty, the God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give you, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The work of the Holy Spirit is always to reveal the Father to us. Because when he reveals the Father to us, what he is doing is he's revealing the one who implemented everything that ever happened. He implemented everything that was ever said. He implemented everything in creation. The Father birthed what he saw and what he wanted in a moment of time. That's who wants to give you something. Hallelujah. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. God's vision is always connected to the eternal picture he is revealing. I'm going to share a little bit about that, how that worked in my life. In scripture, God reveals how he created our receptivity relationship that he has within us. He created us in a way that he can communicate with us. He has created in us the ability to receive the light that he shines. Yes. 
He created in us the ability to understand what he is saying at one moment in time. The Bible says first the natural, then the spiritual. And this is, this is really important because what I'm going to show you is very much we use this in our natural life all the time. In fact, my wife, it, it, it's, a, it's a camera. She loves taking pictures. I, mean, I remember being in New Zealand. We're traveling down the road, and Alan and Suzanne, they had their great big cameras. Louise had hers. And they'd, oh, look at all these fun. They'd stop taking pictures. I just got out with my iPad, and I, I said, I got it all. But they wanted the details. It's important. Catherine Kuhlman said this to a young man. Young man, faith is when you quit believing what you see and start seeing what you believe. And so it's like, it's like vision. God has got a vision. He's not blind. And neither are we. Hallelujah. We have this set of eyes, but we have the eyes of our understanding. Did you ever experience somebody explaining something to you and you say, I see? So, so why did God ask the prophets a question? Why didn't he just start talking? Because he wanted them to focus on what he opened to their eyes to see. And, so, and then he asked the question. So he said to the prophets, what do you see? And of course, he already had the image for them to see. And here's the receptivity between us and God. He puts the vision in front of the prophet, and the light of the glory of God, the light, shines into his eyes of his understanding, and he begins to explain what he sees. He never saw it before. He never manufactured it. God just popped it up there and said, what do you see? And he got the prophet's attention, and then he said what he had to say. It's amazing. God has designed and created us to receive from him. I know lots of people laugh when I say, what do you see? Because we look in the natural, but the eyes of our understanding, they look into the realm of the spiritual. It's the eyes of our understanding that God communicates with. So, in saying, what do you see? He prepared them to receive something from him. That's why I think when we read the word of God, it's important for us to see what he's saying. Greater love hath no man than this, to lay down. What do you see? In the eyes of your understanding, what do you see in that scripture verse? 
Well, I see God loves us so much, he was willing to lay down his son's life so we could live and be free. Okay, so we read the word, but there's, there's, a, there's a picture in that word. Every word that God spoke has a picture. He used picture language. He asked the prophet because he had a message to give them. Their attention to get and an assignment to accomplish. Three things. I found over the years, I usually don't talk about myself, but I'm going to say this this morning. I found myself over the years that I was so ignorant concerning God's communication relationship with me. And now it happens and why it happens. And one of the reasons why is because I want to see what the Bible says. I want to believe what Jesus said. So, for instance, in John, he says, those who believe will do the works that I do. I want to see that. I want to experience it. He said I could, so why shouldn't I? And I believe the next revival is going to loose that in the people of his, his, his house. Because with that kind of calling, we'll turn this city upside down. Faith's vision captures the optics optic nerve of the eyes of our understanding and infuses in our mind which in turn infuses your thought life it's all about God's optics it's not about us it's all about him and so here's what happens the light comes that you be enlightened I'm going to skip some, some things here. I'm going to get right down to the brass tacks here because there's other things I want to do. <clears throat> Enlightened means to, to shine a light, to illuminate something, to render something evident. Wow. We, we saw that with the prophet. He rendered something that was actually evident to them. They saw it. They talked about it. They rehearsed it before him. And then he told him. To cause something to exist and thus come to light and become clear to all. He shines his light in the eyes of our understanding that we may see clearly what he's trying to tell us, what he's trying to show us, or what he's trying to have us do. 
to enlighten, spiritually infuse within the saving knowledge. To infuse into the saving knowledge, not the rejection knowledge. To, and here's what happened when he said, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to shine a light in the eyes of your eyes so I can instruct you. It's part of the meaning, to instruct, to inform, to teach, to give you understanding. <clears throat> it comes from the root word, the glory light emanated. A heavenly light such as surrounded the angels when they appear on earth. That's the light that shines in our understanding. It's not some earthly light. It's divine glory of God that shines. It's the same glory that surrounds the angels. If you could imagine when God talks to you and enlightens you, it's his glory that's enlightening you. And the reason why that's important because his glory is pure. It has a pure message, pure understanding with complete understanding. Now let me share with you what that looks like. I, I, as I studied this, I began to reminisce my past. And I remember being up in Lillooet and we had our service, and we went to the restaurant to eat. And of course, I always say, God, what are you doing here? We sit down and order, and we eat. And God says, see that woman over at that table there? And I said, yeah. I want you to, when she gets up to leave, I want you to ask her to come over and tell her I'm going to solve her difficulties for her. I knew there was more than one woman at that table. I knew which table and which woman. Like that. The light reveals all the details that you need to know. Another time in Japan, there was this long lineup of people for prayer. And the Lord highlighted a woman way down the line. And I, <clears throat> and I saw a picture. And so in the illumination, in the light that came to me concerning her, I got a picture of her, her mind with a room locked up with all the devastations of the past. And God says, I want to unlock it. Well, you should have seen what happened to her. And so I believe God wants all of us to function in how he has created us. It may not be the same as me, but it'll be you. And I, I believe the coming revival is he's going to renew this communication with his people so that it's not just a glorious meeting, but God is accomplishing something that's going to take you forward into the world and to a scene where you will actually function for God in a way you've never seen before. Amen. That's coming. Yes. It's coming. Yes, yes, in fact, it's here.
because he's here. Now, there are three things, and I'm not going to preach on the three things because somebody else is going to do that. I'm free from that. But let me say something to you a little bit more, and then I want to... God has a vision for his house, and I believe God has revivals to bring us into his vision. And I think sometimes some of the things we believe squelch his vision after the revival. Because we go on believing what we used to believe rather than saying, God, where am I going now? What's different about my life now? What do you want to change? What have you changed in my life during this time when you renewed and revived my spirit? Do you know what? You know how God sees us? As a glorious church. Without spot or wrinkle. So stop looking at the wrinkles. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are all sons and children of God. We're mighty men and women of God. We're not some peanut rolling around trying to find out where we belong. I don't know if a peanut does that, but anyway. <laughs> My glorious church. He sees us as every joint supplying something. It's in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is full of the vision of God's house. And, and revivals are always to bring us into a greater dimension of his relationship with the house. Wow. I remember being in Japan and Brenda and Daniel led worship. I think Sean was with us at that time. <clears throat> and after the worship, there was a glory cloud on the ceiling like this deep. And it was dead quiet. I mean, I mean, silence. And all of a sudden, people just start falling down. Nobody said anything, nobody did anything. So Louise goes over and she kneels down to this, on this, beside this woman laying on the floor and she starts speaking in tongues over her. And she's speaking in tongues over her and the missionary comes and said, keep speaking, you're speaking perfect Japanese. She stopped. <laughs> and so Louise asked, what was I saying? Well, you were encouraging her that she was a conqueror an overcomer in her own language. 
That's God. That's the Holy Spirit. He, oh man. I, I love that song about God. It, 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 I mean, I mean, he, he surpasses all of our limitations. And so when he shines his light in us, <clears throat> what, we're, what he's doing is saying, I'm going to move you out of your limitations, and I'm going to bring you into my dimension. I'm going to help you see and understand. And one of the things I thought, wow, I knew which woman it was. I knew which table it was. His communication in the spirit is so clear, and yet he doesn't say the one with the red hat. It just, you just know. You just know. Because his communication is always complete. There's never any detail that's left out in the picture. <clears throat> and it's amazing how we have been designed that he gives us a picture and his communication helps this limited understanding to understand the whole thing. That's amazing. It's amazing. What time is it anyway? Oh, we got three hours yet. Well, that's what it says, three hours and 40 minutes. It's actually three minutes and 45 seconds, I think. Um, I, I, I just want to, to really have us focus. God, you said, you said in your prophetic word what you were going to do. This house exists because of God's prophetic word. He provided this house with all the out financing from without the house. Sovereign provision, sovereign presence, sovereign plan. And nothing will stop that plan. We want to walk forward with God. We want to move where he's taken us. We want to enter into the things that he's going to teach us. Thus says the Lord in the last days. They shall say, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. And he will teach us his path. <clears throat> and we will walk. <clears throat> I mean, he'll teach us his ways, and we will walk in his path. In other words, follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 